You're listening to On the Brink, a podcast that brings you up-and-coming country music artists. We expressly prohibit the reproduction of any parts of the podcast without our written consent. Please send your request via onthebrinkpodcast.com, where you can also sign up for updates. Please also support our sister site, stonecoldcountry.net. We sincerely thank you for listening and congratulate you on your expanding music library. Santa here. Very few things can help you de-stress the way that golfing can. Here are a couple of tips that can help you improve your swing. And then don't forget to click on the link in the podcast notes for more tips and a great deal. Well, the most important uh, thing in a golf swing to me is the movement of the lower body from the top of the swing. And if you don't mind, I'll demonstrate. First off, you start down below with your knees and your hips. At the top of the swing, you move the lower part of your body, not your shoulders, the lower part of your body, letting your arms and hands follow, bringing you into position to hit. But this is the first movement there. Then you release at the bottom. Most people do it entirely opposite. They rotate their shoulders first instead of their lower body. As a result, they come across the ball and hit the outside of the ball instead of the back of it. For more tips on how to improve your golf game, travel to the notes section of this podcast and click on the link of My Swing. You can also go to stonecoldcountry.net and look for September's On the Brink podcast feature. Travel to the end of the page and also click on Up My Swing. Hey, Jamie, how are you? This is Santa. Good. How's it, how's it going? It's going and good. And this is Anna. Yeah, so I'm Santa and this is Anna. Santa Say, and Anna. <laughs> I know, it's so confusing. So that's, we, that's pretty cool, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're so excited to have you on today. I mean, we're both big fans. Uh, golly, you know, your last album is just such a smoker. You know, you're one of the few, I, I think we can, you know, really say that about Jamie, yeah. that you are really one of the few that we kind of consider like a torchbearer. You know, you're <laughs> seriously. Well, like, I'm well, proud of that because I, I, you know, I never was a, you know, I was in Nashville for a long time and I wrote a lot of songs and I had some record deals, but you know, I never really broke out till I got in Texas. So it's kind of uh, nice to hear that uh, because there's so many people, you know, not a whole lot anymore, like you said, that's really putting out, you know, stuff that you would have heard in the nineties and eighties and nineties, you know, like I, like I'm still doing, but luckily it's coming back around to that seems to be, you know, it is like more and more people, but you know, you can always tell who's for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, I think I, yeah. When you found out about me, you, you'll really think I'm real after, you know, we have this talk, I'm sure. We're really excited. Like I said, um, we're firstly fans, Jamie, above everything else. And the only reason, you know, Stone Cold Country exists is because we're such huge fans of traditional honky-tonk country music. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and like you said, Texas is awesome. Uh, they are probably, right, wouldn't you say, Anna, one of the best states when, it comes, to traditional, states when, mm -hmm, when it comes to traditional country music. But there are a lot of um, other areas all across the world, Jamie, that love traditional country music. We And, you know, when we started this whole thing, we weren't sure. And, golly, we have uh, <laughs> listeners 
all you won't believe this. We have listeners on every continent, including include, yes, including Asia, you know, um, obviously Europe. Um, you know, Africa, we have even listeners out there, uh, you know, Australia. I mean, we were just so flabbergasted and all these people love traditional country music. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I've, I've been to uh, France three okay. times to play. I've, mm-hmm. I've been to Spain, but, and, you know, they didn't understand anything I said, but fans oh, <laughs> I've played in front of in my life. One of them was a show of about, I was with a lot of other, I was 13,000 people there and I, I went on it. I went on at two in the morning. That's when I took the stage. Yeah, there's people all over the world. Most, um, I would say, would you say about 75%? I'd say 75% of people listen to the show are based in Texas. I mean, that's like 75%. And then uh, the remainder is like everywhere, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is really funny. But anyway, um, we really wanted to give the folks, you know, an opportunity to get to know you better. I mean, I know you've been in this, you know, for, you know, a hot minute. Uh, believe it or not, Jamie, um, there's a lot of people that might not know, you know, how you got started and everything there is to know about you um, and your career. So we'd like to provide this opportunity just to, you know, kind of let us know, how did you get started in music? When did you realize you wanted to do this crazy business? <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, my mother was a piano player and a uh, gospel singer with a couple of my sisters who uh, I was the baby of the family. There was six children and uh, the two, my two sisters, the closest one to me is 10 years. And then the oldest child of my parents is 23 years older than me. So, I mean, we had, she had kids from, you know, 16 to 40, you know, and me being the one that she had before. Anyway, but they, my mother got me involved in singing, and from an early age of probably three or four years old, really. I mean, I sing in gospel music. I can remember we had the uh, all night singing conventions in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And, and we Rock would show up. <laughs> Do what, man? We called them, because oh, I'm originally from Florida, we called them the Big Tent Revivals. Yes, that's, that's, that was true. And they, these were, uh, these were even. I don't know. There would be ten, twenty thousand people at these things, and it would be like the Happy Goodman family and all oh, these, yeah. these big, big, big uh, Christian quartets yeah, uh, that were on. Yeah, you know, and and I would get up there with my mother, and we would play two or three or four songs, and it, you know I would stand uh, on the piano. I can I could barely remember that, but I was really a, a child. But she she brought me up in the gospel end of it, and then by the time I was I don't know sixteen, I had formed a band and started playing country music there in my hometown of Shawnee, uh, Oklahoma. And uh, also Brad Pitt was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So there you go. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. I know it. But wow. uh, anyway, yeah, he would show up. His grandmother was in the nursing home in Shawnee years after that. And he would come back and he would bring like Gwyneth Paltrow or somebody with him, you know, or whoever. And then they would go see his grandma. It was pretty cool. I never, I never met him, but I just know the story on him. So anyway, uh, so I was raised in, in Christian music and then I got a band together and started playing the honky tonks when I was probably 16, 17 years old, because back in those days, you know, the, uh, I guess it would have been 79, 80, right in there. Uh, they didn't really mind a 17 year old coming in and singing, you know, like they would now, you know, as much. Right. So, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, laws weren't as 
quite quite as tight. And of course, right. the whole world was a different place then, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tell us about your hometown. What do you love about it? And what like what's the best place in your town to grab a good meal? Uh, <laughs> my <laughs> town is. I actually uh, I went to school at a place called Bethel Acres. Bethel Acres was a kindergarten through you know twelfth grade full school, you know, and it was uh, it was a suburb of Shawnee, and it was a tiny little place. And uh, I think the whole the whole school had about a thousand people in it, like all the grades, you know, combined, and maybe eight hundred to a thousand, something like that. And but I would go to I call Shawnee my hometown because there was nothing in Bethel Acres except a quick stop. I mean, the oh. store, you know, that was all we had. And a stop sign, and uh, anyway, so Wade Hayes was even from there, and he was he played guitar for me for a while, and we we were in his band. Wade did, uh, had some hits in Nashville, you know, in the nineties. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, we ended up. Uh, so Shawnee is a town now of about thirty five thousand people, probably. And uh, I've always been kind of partial to a barbecue restaurant there called Van's Pig Stand, and it's. Uh, the place mm-hmm. that I would go, you know, I would take someone if they'd show up in Shawnee and want to go out to eat. <laughs> Yummy. Uh, okay. Sounds good. We love ourselves some barbecue. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Now, it sounds like you had um very similar upbringing to us, really. So, you know, definitely, you know, uh, singing in church and the whole nine yards, you know, and it sounds like you have a solid, you know, foundation there. Um, So right. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure um, that you must have learned a couple things early on that have helped you through life, especially, you know, in this crazy music business. Because to me, it's so different than growing up, you know, in a, you know, nice God-fearing home, which is what I'm hearing from you. And then to turn around and <laughs> be a honky-tonker, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, well, my, you know, it was, uh, I was raised on a dairy farm. We milked cows and I, you know, I mean, so I am the country. We had about a 300-acre place and we milked about a hundred head of Holstein cows every day, a couple times a day. So I, I was raised that way too. But you know, my dad and mother were God fearing, but you know, they went to the VFW every Saturday night, went dancing, you know, and drinking. So it wasn't like it was. Uh, we weren't teetotalers, you know. They they uh, they like to uh, they like to go dance and have a good time, and and so they they got me, you know, kind of interested in that. And I really knew it from the beginning. I kind of knew when I was. 10 years old that I was going to be a country singer. So I didn't really uh, ever have anything else in my mind to do. It just, I just kind of became that. It wasn't really, I didn't, you know, sit there and wonder, well, do I want to be what I want to be? I, I just kind of felt it and just became that. And I guess, of course, you know, after I got older and and uh, I started working construction and I worked construction for in Nashville when I moved there, just to jump way ahead here, but when I moved there when I was 26 and I, I actually worked uh, for 12 years for the same company as a construction supervisor until I finally got signed to Curb Publishing, which is, uh, uh, you know, Curb Records, but Curb Records too. But I had a couple of record deals with RCA and also Capital in the early, in the 90s, 92, I think, and then 97 with RCA. In 99, I finally signed with Curb. And that was when I got to lay the the hammer down and uh, literally and do nothing but music. And by that time, I was already like 38 years old. So it was a little bit of a late start for me uh, as far as finally getting my foot in the door. I had opportunities in Nashville that never did. You know, we would cut sides, we'd cut songs, and, you know, they would listen to them. And, eh, 
he's too country, he's too country, you know, so that's, that's, I heard that a lot, you know, he's too country. So it didn't really pan out for me there. But, uh, well, it sure has, though, in Texas and mm-hmm. all the surrounding areas and really all over the world, you know, to a certain extent. You know, uh, congratulations on your latest number one. <laughs> Good Lord, Twang. That's amazing. That's I know awesome. it. And I just saw that it's going it's going to go number one on another chart now. Is that right? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a chart out of Nashville called the CDX, and I, y'all are right. familiar with it, I'm but I, it went number one on that like yesterday or whatever. Oh, so. wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Well, this is um, the part of our show where we usually uh, play one of your latest singles. Uh, which one would you like us to play? Well, you know, I've had, it's, it's crazy, but I've had 25 singles out now to Texas radio since I started down here in Texas. And wow. uh, they've had, I've had nine number ones and I've wow. had a whole load of uh top tens i've only had a couple that hadn't actually got up I, I slid in there at a good time 2001 was my first uh single release and it got up to like 17 and i was i remember thinking boy everybody's gonna know me when i get to texas but boy they didn't it took a long time because one top 20 record ain't gonna do it down wow. here you know you just gotta keep on shuffling them out like you do anywhere but it's all about a grassroots grassroots effort with me down here i've never had the big money behind me or anything i've just always tried to write good songs and sing good songs and uh and just see what happens and it's just, it was been a slow growth but it's weird you know the older i get the more popular i'm becoming and i i don't i'm not fighting it i'm loving it but uh it would have been awfully nice it'd been awfully nice to get this kind of love when i was you know 30 but right. uh, anyway i'll take mm-hmm. it though no, absolutely. So, which song would you like us to play from your latest album? Do you do you know what your next single is going to be yet? No, I really don't. I, you know, there's already been three singles off this new album, and two of them was you know prior to the album coming out. Whiskey working well, and uh, I want to with you is a song that I cut. There's a little story behind it. I did not write I want to with you, but the song was when I was at Curb. I recorded that song like in 2000. Let's see. What date would that have been? About 2001, I recorded that song. And that is actually the recording of that song. It's 20 years ago. Oh, wow. And that's, and that's me singing it 20 years ago. And that was a single that came out. And we didn't even do anything to it. We just put it out. And the reason I put it out was because we didn't have the other stuff recorded yet. And we just put it out as kind of a filler. But it became a number one. I mean, this it's just done, it done great. So, uh you can listen to that song and you it's it fits in with the way I'm still sounding 20 years later. So that told me that, yeah, I haven't changed a whole lot. In no. 20 years time, I can't really <laughs> tell a difference from what I sang then and, and I'm singing now, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's hear that song right now. Well, I guess I've been traveling like my whole life through Thought if you never owned nothing much, nothing ever owned you Until I looked at you, I swear I'd never Gave one thought to forever Girl, I never wanted to Find a little spread with a creek running through Build a little dream and make it come true Now I want to with you 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, it, it sounds autobiographical, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, to me, you know, I mean, it, it really does, and, and kind of points to you know maybe some of the things you've been through, you know, being out there and kind of you know keeping it real all the time, you know. I think so. I mean, I think real is a good word for, you know, good or bad. I think that I, that's that's the main. I hear that more from people about about me as a person than anything else. It's like I I like to I'm a I'm a BSer. But I like to have fun and and carry on, but I'm still pretty straight shooter when it comes to like what you see is what you get, and I, I don't try to be something I'm not. I never have, and I I think the guy a lot of people have done really great in the music business by doing that, but I just never could do it. I just I just can't do it. I've just got to be me, and that's it. You know. What do you love about traditional country? What I love about traditional country, I uh, I think out of all the the genres of music, uh, I think traditional country may be well that and gospel music too. I think can actually bring tears to my eyes and make the hair stand up on my arms, my my neck mm-hmm. because of something about it that moves me a great deal, you know, and I mean, I, I love all kinds of music, but I, I think traditional country music, you know, if I really want to listen to something going down the road by myself, you know, I'll, I'll listen to traditional country music. If I really am feeling a certain way, you know, I'll find an album I like and go through it and listen to it. So I think that's the only genre that can make me do that. And I, I think that's what I love about it. It's, it's emotional for me. Jamie, it's all about the twang. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. You know, I, I I love people. I love singers that have that in their voice too. And I, you know, I I wish I had. You know, I mean, I'm a country guy. You can tell. I sound like a hick when I talk, for sure. But you know, uh, the uh, no, no, the, no. <laughs> the no. people that uh, uh, that have that twang, a little bit of nasal, a little bit of bluegrass. That, that's the singers that I love. You know, I love those kind of guys that can do that. And you know, I never did play any bluegrass music, but I enjoyed it. But I. I uh, I love those kind of singers. Those guys can really sing that come out of that format. But that's what gets me, like Whitley and people like that. You know. Oh yeah. Oh, we we um, interviewed. Um, there's a, a new band out there called Merle Monroe. The the founder, one of the co-founders, is uh, Marty Raybon's brother. You know, the uh, guy from Shenandoah. And there, I know, I know, I know him. I know oh, where Marty's from. Oh, they are so good. Merle Monroe yeah. are so good. Oh my goodness, and and they're good guys too. You know, they're really good. Now, what is what is Marty's brother's name again? Yeah, he's a real guy too because he he's the one that done the him, him and Marty put out a solo uh, deal, the duet. Butterfly with, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that after after Shenandoah. Yeah. Well, I uh, I've been around him and and I'm trying to think of his of his name right now. But he anyway, he was laying brick in Nashville, like working construction. So I mean, he Are paid some know? dues. But, oh yes, he did. No, I did yeah. not know that. I did yeah, not he, know that at all. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, um, it's Tim. Tim Rabon. That yeah, that's Tim. Yeah. Tim. Yeah, that's definitely Tim. Yeah, he. I knew Tim. Uh, I never met Marty, but mm-hmm. I'd met Tim quite several times. Yeah, he's good people. He really is. Yeah. Um, and I think now he's doing um, he's doing some real estate stuff. I think he's like a real estate agent on the side. I okay. Think. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But um, oh, that's right. my, yeah. Well, traditional country music to me um, is all about the, the twangy guitars and you know about uh, <laughs> talking about how you got your heart broken and you know knowing other people have been through the same thing. 
And so you're not yep. going to die this one and maybe not the next one either. So, yep. <laughs> so right. it kind of makes you feel better. So we want to go ahead and play your latest number one, which is Twang. So let's do that now. Okay. All right. That'd be great. <laughs> Sure, they all wondered how we made it to town in a beat-up van and trailer, completely loaded down. As we set up on stage, getting ready for the show, we were armed with a telly and country in our soul. Mama tried, and everybody turned around. Toes started tapping as they listened to the sound. The crowd got so excited, folks began to sing. Before long, the whole place was up in swing. Up in swing. It's a heartfelt, soulful kind of thing The more you hear, the more it fans the flame Till the whole place is going up in flames We played all the honky-tonks, beer joints and dives and If you play real music They'll feel it deep inside Turn it up and let it roll Like a runaway train Till the whole place is getting down Going up in twain Up in twain It's a heartfelt, soulful kind of thing The more you hear, the more it fans a flame Till the whole place is going up in twain Up in twain It's a heartfelt, soulful kind of thing Till the whole place is going up in twain Till the whole place is going up in twain
play the heck out of your music. We even play, you know, your older stuff too. We just, I mean, it's just good music. You know, I'm good Lord, Jamie. Um, you know, nothing- I've noticed, I've oh, noticed through Twitter. I see, yeah, I see uh, you guys always commenting and saying stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess mm-hmm. it kind of oh, hurt yeah, my ears yeah. up. I'm that. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, there's nothing more disappointing when, um, you know, you really like an artist and stuff, and then most of their music, you know, is like, you know, that Stone Cold Country. And then they come out with an album that you don't know where the heck they, <laughs> what they were thinking or smoking. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of I think a lot of that used to be like, and it still is, I think, with Nashville. But when Nashville gets a hold of you, and you know, and I'm, I mean, I had, I made some money there, and all, and it's, and I got a, a good education there, had to write songs. I wrote with some of the greatest songwriters. I think if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have learned about songwriting like I have, you know. But you know, they they seem to sign artists that they really like, and then they seem to change them because they want them to appeal to more people, so they start making them a little more pop or make, I think a lot of times it's the, the record label at the, you know, at the time that was changing a lot of people. I don't know why anybody would change now if they're doing well, because, you know, the days of the major record labels have definitely changed where they, they don't have all the power like they used to, you know? No, not anymore. Uh, uh-uh, cause you have the internet now. And so, right. yeah, and you're, and you get, you know, good booking agent, a good radio promo person and, you know, and, and then, you know, that type of thing. And you just, you know, connect yeah. with the fans as well. And, you know, I mean, you, you should be able to do okay. You know, um, you know, that's what I, I'm saying. Anyway. Well, that's definitely been, been my deal. I mean, all I do is music and, and, you know, I'm playing like, I got four shows this week. I've already played two of them and then I've got two more coming up Friday, Saturday. So, you know, yeah. and, and stay busy and and people you know download your music and and stream your music yeah. and whatever yeah i think yeah. there's a there's a good there's a good living to be made you know for it i agree with you mm-hmm. i i was wondering about because when i hear your voice and you have you know just a great voice um i really like your well you know um even though i was nowhere near being even an idea my parents had um I love Lefty Frizzell. You know, I think he has, he had one of the best voices ever. I mean, um, I love that quality in his voice. And when I hear your voice, I I just, I hear a lot of that, um, I guess, emotion, I guess, you know, that real soulfulness, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but I I think that's it. You you think that's a good way to describe it? It's like, you know, a lot of soulfulness, like a lot of, um emotion and everything um on some of your songs i do, I do mm-hmm. believe that and I, I think that yes i think that that's probably one of my strong points is actually you know being able to push that feeling across when you're singing it you know and be able to get catch people like it did you i think that's one of my strong points you know there's a lot of people that can probably sing higher than me and lower than me and everything else but i don't know that i believe it it's not Maybe it's not believable, right. you know. Yeah. That's a good point. You, what you just said, you don't know if you believe it. Oh my gosh, that's it right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Thank you. Who are your musical heroes and why? My musical heroes, uh, you know, I'd have to put Merle Haggard at one because I always, mm-hmm. you know, I think I probably kind of leaned against his on it, wanting to sing like Merle, you know, for a long time. Uh, I love Merle. Uh, I did, I got to do a couple of shows with Merle, a couple of years of his life actually, and uh, wow. 
that's that's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. I ne- still never met him. He was feeling really bad. Played with him, so he stayed in the bus. And you know, I got to know some of his people and stuff, but I never did meet Merle. But you know, I wanted to, and it just didn't happen. But anyway, Merle, I put one. You know, there's 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 a lot of uh, you know songwriter wise. You know, Dean Dillon to me. I I, I did get oh, to yeah. co-write. A, I, I did get to co-write one with Dean. Uh, really? Dean uh, that's cool. A single for a guy named Mark Powell. Mark Powell and was was writing on it too. So us three and it it uh it was a video last year uh that done real I guess it was earlier this year that he Mark's a Texas artist too, but Mark was writing quite a bit with Dean Dillon and and uh I was wanting to get in there and, and uh <laughs> maybe I still can, but you know, Dean's a busy man. But I you know, he's 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 for sure a songwriting hero of mine. And I, you know, I wrote with some really great songwriters too, like Jim Rushing and uh Larry Cordell and, and you know just a, just a whole bunch of guys, Rory Burke and guys that are in the Hall of Fame songwriters. You know, they're they're big heroes of mine. I mean, I, I love I love Shannon Doa too. You talking about them? I love Marty Raven's voice so much. I always loved it. You know, and people like that. And I, you know, I also love Keith Whitley stuff. You know, and and there's a lot of you know Daryl Singletary goes on and on. But uh, yeah, I, I think Merle probably be my my biggest hero that I I, I look at looked up to as an artist and, and songwriter, I think there wasn't a better, I don't think there's anybody better singer slash and songwriter as Merle ever and still, and may never be, you know, well, now, I love Willie Nelson too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with you on, on all of those. And yep. you know, you know, uh, Jamie, that Merle Haggard was probably Lefty Frizzell's biggest fan ever. Yeah. I heard I read that he even uh bought his headstone. Well I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, let uh yeah, Lefty's uh from Corsicana, Texas and mm-hmm. it's pretty strange that I've actually been seeing a girl from Corsicana, Texas for the last year and a half. It's really oh, kinda and they got they got a little statue of Lefty there and all that. And yeah. uh, you know, Billy Joe Shaver, Billy Joe Shaver's also from there. So it's pretty yeah. cool. I did know that. Yeah, that's amazing. Good. And, you know, talking about uh, writing with a lot of, you know, huge stars, you, um, I know that you wrote with someone that I interviewed who's a big hero of mine, um, Ken Mellons. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I wrote several songs with Ken. In fact, he, he recorded about four things that he and I wrote together. Oh, wow. Uh, Which one is your favorite that you wrote with him? I wrote one that ended up on a on his curb album it was a, it was a compilation album with like you know Dodie Messina and Tim McGraw they all, each had one song on it and that song uh was one that was my first major cut that I ever got and it it uh it made me so mad because when they put the album out they didn't put me on it as songwriter they put the wrong guy so I was so upset I got my first cut and nobody even knew it. So anyway, but, uh, I think that song believe was, uh, was a, was a nice song and Ken and I had wrote and, uh, you know, he also a song called sideways, which is just the title track of my 2010 album. And Ken and I wrote that together and that's, that song was, was really good. And we still played a lot. So. Oh, well, let's play sideways because I, I saw that you were running some type of special on that one album, and so it'd be nice for the folks to hear that song. Okay, yeah. 
All right. Yeah, this is Ken Collins and I remember we were sitting in the studio, Herb's recording mm-hmm. studio, and they had writers' rooms in there. You'd show up about you know ten o'clock in the morning, start trying to write a song. You know, I had about three different writers' rooms, and we were we were writing that tune, and that's where that song was born. I don't know, remember who came up with the idea, but I remember it was. I, I got excited. I thought it was a really good tune. All right, sounds good. Let's hear it. All right. I've been on top somewhere in between, but now I'm at a place I've never seen. I can't get up, I'm too far down. I'm caught up in a circle going round and round. I may never see you looking through this glass, I'll never find the future. Lost here in the past But today And every day Till I find my way I'll just keep getting sideways Cause I'm down slow At the end of my road There's only one way to go I've only given in And someday I'll be ready To try again There's just so much That I can take I'd like to disappear From all the tears And mistakes I know this ain't the answer For what I'm going through But at least there's moments When I don't think about you but today and every day Till I find my way I just keep getting sideways Cause I'm down slow At the end of my road There's only one way to go for me I just keep getting sideways another one who consistently puts out traditional country music i mean i've like i've heard all his albums like i've heard all of yours and there's never anything else on there but you know i mean well 
you know, it, it's traditional country. And then he likes uh, some of that. Um, I don't know that boogie woogie stuff, Jerry Lee Lewis stuff. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, which still, you know, it, it's kind of still under that umbrella. I mean, it's not like, you know, something totally, you know, outside of the realm of possibility when you think about country music. Right. Um, so, yeah, he and yourself. I mean, there's just a handful, really, that I could say, you know, I know if I pick up an album from any of these guys that it's going to be, you know, just stone cold country. It's not going to be anything else. So, you know, yeah. there. And that's saying a lot, you know, nowadays. And, and you know, remember, we're not, I don't bash and trash. I mean, I understand that, you know, whatever someone wants to do, that's, you know, hey, that's their prerogative. Yeah. And some people do, you know, some of that other stuff really well, you know. Um, but, you know, I know what I like. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Exactly. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. You know, some people are really great at all kinds of music, and I'm I'm like you. I, you know, if they're good at it, they're good at it, and it's good, it's good. But it's it's not what I love. You know, it's what I I might like it, and I might think they do a great job, but it's not really what I would buy and listen to or whatever. You know, or stream right, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, yeah. On my ride home, or when I'm you know doing something, I'm not going to yeah. be putting on that. <laughs> you know, basically. Right. Um, if you wanted to introduce someone to traditional country music, what song would you pick and why? Um, if I wanted to introduce somebody to a, this is going to be a cliche answer, but <laughs> it's true. If I, if I wanted to introduce somebody to something, I would, I would let them hear. He stopped loving her today and listen mm -hmm. to George Jones voice. And I would say that is, that's country. That's, that's a country song. And that's, that's, it's a sad, it's got a great story. I think that song there just simplifies the, you know, what, what country music is to me. You know, is, my, is it my favorite song? No. But is it a great song? Yes, for sure. I mean, it's it's a great song. I'd, I'd play that song for somebody. And, let, and, and that, you know, there's such a, such a difference. Like that song played side by side with what's popular now or what's going on in Nashville now. You couldn't even tell it's the same type of music for the most part. So right. uh, mm -hmm. that would be a good lesson for someone, I think, to hear that song. Yeah, no, I have to agree that that is a, you know, and the songwriters I was reading about that song, um, the songwriters. And now I can't even think of their names. There were two. Um, they said that it just, you know, came in just a couple minutes. <laughs> it just really wasn't anything they agonized over and didn't think much of it. Um, and even George yeah. Jones didn't want to record the song. <laughs> I know, did. and I heard he didn't. He didn't want to cut it. Yeah, initially. Yeah, yeah. He, he said it was too sad and morbid, and no one was gonna want it. <laughs> um, well, I have to. I have to say, people like me wanted it, and you know, honestly, <laughs> Twang was not a song that I loved either. I when my I do have a radio guy that, you know, does my radio promotions and he's out of Nashville, but he you know, he, he picked that song out and I was like, eh. But I, that song has just flown up the chart. So it just it tells me that, you know, an artist don't always know <laughs> exactly what they should put out either. I mean you think you 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 should and I think you do for the most part, but it's once in a while a song will surprise you. Well, that one's doing really, really well. So you think um, there, like, I, well, you don't know this yet, I guess, but um, you said you already had uh, three singles. Um, and so, is this going to be it, and you're going to start recording some new stuff, or, or are you not sure? No, I, I, I think there's, 
I'm good for one every about every three years. Although this last one, I was it was like I don't know, five years between an album. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I think uh, usually I think I've got seven albums now, and I started in '01. I'm good for about one every three years. I I think there's a lot of good material left on this new album. I think you know I I love the duet I did with David Ball on it. I think that's a really cool tune. <clears throat> I like someone else's trouble now, and I think there's I think there's three or four more singles on it without a doubt. Uh, that Texas would like, you know, so I'm not in a big rush to record anything else new. You know, if I write a couple of songs, I might go ahead and go in and cut them, you know, something I really love. But at this point, I just haven't done any whole lot of writing here recently or recording uh, since that record, you know. So yeah. I, I've, still got lot, I've still got a lot of life in it. It was just this year in January, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good songs on, on that album. But, um, you know, I, I really um, think that this COVID thing has kind of done a number on on everything, you know, the industry and everything else. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, how, how you kind of navigated through all of that. Well, you know, last year, uh, I, I probably lost 80% of my live shows, you know, uh, through the year. And that hurt. But, you know, it was strange because the new new record came out where we started putting singles out done really well and there was a couple of singles like whiskey working well came out during the you know the bat the 2020 year and and uh done really well and i went through with you i think did too come out not exactly sure exactly when but uh it seemed like that my a lot of people were buying online and streaming which helped me uh, a little bit and uh you know i was fortunate enough to have a little money in the bank where I didn't have to make check to check, you know, which I, I think it pretty much, it pretty much killed definitely a lot of venues uh, in Texas and probably a lot of restaurants and everything else can, you know, suffered greatly for it. But, uh, I kind of squirmed through it, I guess, and, and made it to the other side. And, and, you know, of course it's, you know, it's getting bad again. I don't know what's going to happen, but, uh, you know, I, I believe, you know, I believe in getting vaccinated personally. I I, I did, and I think it's you know I, I do believe it's a bad virus. And I, I my band, in fact, we played a show in October of last year, and there was about twenty people in a venue I played that got it that night, and about five or six of them with me. My bass player, my road manager, my merchandise people, and I all got it, and of course we all did okay with it. But you know, it's it all it affects people all differently. But yeah, I, I'm a you know, advocate for the vaccine personally. I don't know if anybody wants to hear that, but I think it's a good idea. But uh, without getting any into any politics, <laughs> I don't want to talk about any of that. But uh, anyway, everything else is. Uh, I hope it. I hope it. We get control of it because it's it's really making it hard on a lot of a lot of things. You know. What has COVID nineteen taught you, if anything? I guess it taught me how easily this world can be turned up on its head and and when you thought everything was so solid it's not i mean it, that taught me that i mean I, I can't believe how i didn't think one thing could change so much so quick so it taught me to to be thankful for what uh, we had and have and we never know what's going to happen even just you know a few months down the road i mean you know i hate to say it but i mean what if some kind of variant comes out that they can't fix it you know i mean it could be you know who knows what could happen so 
it just taught me that it's just uh it, it doesn't take a whole lot to disrupt this whole world that I thought was so solid, I guess is what it taught me. Isn't that crazy? I mean, seriously, isn't that crazy, Jamie? Yes. I mean, yes. this, you know, I, yeah. I just, um, I just don't, I don't even know what to think of because, <laughs> you know, I, um, I have uh, lots of people in my family that are, you know, much older, you know, I'm talking like, you know, much, much older, you know, people uh, in my family last, you know, some till you know hundred and something, so <laughs> you know. <I'm> not kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and you know, I like talking to people who are much, much older because they've seen everything. I mean, at least the, yeah. you know, I think they have, you know. And yeah. they've told me that this is, you know, kind of something very unprecedented, you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, when, when you're hearing it from people who've been around for ninety and you know a uh, hundred years and things like that, then you, you know, you know. This is this is something that you know you need to you know really you know do all you can you know uh, I I have um, I'm with you you know I'm like hey you know just do what you have to do you know wash your hands you know use alcohol whatever it yeah. is you know just do whatever you need to do to keep your loved ones safe and yourself too you know that's that's yeah. really Mm -hmm. So would you, is this the toughest thing you've ever been through or have, you know, is there something out there that you've been through that was pretty tough, you know, that you would be, you know, able and willing to talk about and how did you get through well, it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I've, I've been pretty healthy, but I, I, uh, I guess four years ago I had to have uh neck surgery and because I had a uh, some disc that was one of them was touching uh, my spinal cord and all that. Of course, they went into my neck, you know, in the front part of my neck, and that's that's pretty scary for a singer to have that happen because oh, yeah. it, if you find out all and they they fuse like three discs together and put the cadaver bone in and the screws and all that stuff, and that was back in oh. 2017. No, so how I, did, I've been, were you in an accident or something, or this is how did this? No, happen? I wasn't. Huh. I don't know. It was, I guess it was just in that gen genetic, you know, just through the through the mm -hmm. years. And I had some issues, you know, with uh, having some pain and went in and went to a couple of different surgeons and ended up having having it done in Fort Worth, Texas. But, uh, I, you know, I, I sang two weeks after my surgery. Uh, they, so it wasn't anything that held me back for very long. But uh, it did scare the hell out of me. I'll tell you that. Uh, it ended up giving me a little bit of anxiety about, you know, uh, medical stuff in general and things. So, you know, I, I've never had any of that before. That was interesting. Uh, uh, real little booger there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it taught me, I guess, but, you know, but I stayed, stayed with it. I never canceled the show. You know, I, I, I didn't book anything for a month or so, but after a month I was back at it. And, uh, the doctor who done the surgery even played, uh, a song I wrote called Secondhand Smoke. They were listening oh, to that yeah. song. Like that while they song. were doing my, while they were doing my surgery, they were listening to that song. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He said he told me that. It was pretty funny. Oh my goodness. Wow. I'm sure very few people can say that <laughs> during their yeah. surgery, the doctors listening to their music. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Wow, that's so cool. Well, hey, um, I want to play uh, my favorite song, actually our favorite from this album. Um, mm -hmm. There are so okay. many. 
No, it's just kind of, but this one was already a hit for you. It's a whiskey's working well. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, in fact, I, I wrote that song with a couple of writers here in Texas and he had that whiskey working well, you know, just kind of flowed cool. So we started it, wrote it at my house and, and Shawnee one day. And yeah, I love, I love it. It's one of them kind of songs that, of course, the guys, that's kind of, that's my melody. That's kind of a Jamie kind of feel. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that's yeah, I'm sitting there with a the guitar, and I, I we started that, and we wrote it. I think, and we wrote it almost all the more in in the first, you know, four or five hours we sat down together, and then I think my one of my co-writers, uh, David Banning, uh, on it, he come back with kind of the second verse and had a lot of that wrote. So we'd already written the first verse and chorus. So, and Kyle Level is the other writer on that. He's a piano player, but anyway. Uh, I love the song too. In fact, it's it's one of my favorites. Uh, I love the recording of it too. I thought we captured it really well in the studio. I like the feel of it. Everything you know, what it's about, just the whole nine yards. It's just it's just a real solid song. As you know, all the songs are on this album. But you know, there's always like you know one or two that you really really like, and this is the one I really uh, really like. Yep. So we're gonna hear it right now. <laughs> my boots maybe dance with someone new so it all begins start my truck and head that way before the band starts to play meet up with some friends they don't not to mention you they know I've got all I need to drown your memory Oh, but I still ask myself Am I past the hurt or is it getting worse? Looking at me, you can't tell when the whiskey's working well Kick off these boots Break the seal on some 80 proof Don't even need a glass Needle popping on the stereo Round and round the memories go Each one sadder than the last They're all songs about menus They know what I'm going through I've got all I need To drown your memory Oh, but I still ask myself Am I past the hurt? Or is it getting worse? Looking at me, you can't tell When the whiskey's working well 
moving on like everything's okay. I've got all I need to drown your memory. Oh, but I still ask myself, am I past the hurt? Or is it getting worse? Looking at me, you can't tell when the whiskey's working well. When the whiskey's working well.